podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, where we bring you business ideas from proven founders. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests will take to get started. We're your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Colin McIntosh. He's the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, a pun-based eco-friendly betting brand that launched in May 2018 on Indiegogo with their first product. In their first six months of business, they received over 6,000 orders and nearly half a million dollars in revenue. They won first place at Denver Tech Startup Week 2018 and have since gone on to make and raise millions of dollars in revenue and venture capital. That is all great, Ethan. Our show is about new business ideas, though. Colin, you've got one to improve the workout experience, podcast, podcast for working out. Welcome to the show and tell us about the idea that you would like our listeners to run with. Sure thing. And I think it's funny. It's, it, Sheets and Giggles, we're about to celebrate three years in business and it's, that's old hat. <laughs> we don't care about that here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, got, I got this idea that has been rummaging around for a while that I actually almost started around the same time I was thinking about starting S&G, but I chose Sheets and Giggles instead because I love consumer brands and consumer branding. But there's an idea I had for something called, that I call Bodcast, B-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. Just like Bodcast. We just have to introduce the idea here that any business that you start your whole life is a pun? Is that just the general premise? I own a lot of I own a lot of pun-based domains. So I own RomanHempire.com. I think <laughs> I, I own sunglasseshalffull.com to be a sunglass startup. I own giraffecaraffe.com, which would be carafes in the shape of giraffes, wow. which I think there's actually a latent demand for. So before we dive deeper into this, I have to I have to make sure you look out for someone who I met on a, a subway in New York when I was writing who, who started the grilled cheeses. Oh my God. Have you heard of this? No, that's unbelievable. It's like a, it, they made a huge business out of a pun and an idea to make grilled cheese sandwiches with effigies of holy saints and things like that burn into grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I tell you what, people like puns. That's all. That's all I'll say. People, people love puns, and and there's some, there's something about, there's something about that. So for podcast, I love it. I love. I also love. There's like a lot of power in a good brand name, right? So I'll give people the central premise that the you know 30 second elevator pitch, um, which I've never given before. So please excuse me. But basically, if you're someone who works out on a daily basis, there's generally two problems that you'll experience. One is that you'll run out of exercise ideas and you'll find yourself doing the same thing over and over again. And the problem with that physiologically is that you need to change up what your body is doing and constantly, um, almost on a weekly or biweekly basis. Otherwise you'll lose gains because your body will get used to the routine that you're doing and will plateau. So that's problem. Number one is that you're doing the same things over and over again. Problem number two is that generally speaking, when you're finding new exercise ideas, or looking for new things to do or following a new routine. And you're, especially right now, while we're all working out at home, you're mostly on YouTube and you're trying to find YouTube videos and you're certain you don't know who's good and it's the number of subscribers. You're reading the comments to see if this person knows what they're talking about. Maybe you'll research the person. Maybe it's just some BS person who's inventing these videos and doing 10 minute long videos for ad filler and you don't know. 
So you're basically searching around the dark for exercise ideas. And so then you take it into the gym and you're watching this video and you're trying to replicate the motions and then you, re you have to pull it back and rewind on the screen. And then you accidentally close your phone, you get a phone call and you stop. And even if you're doing it successfully, you're pausing too long in between sets. You're not getting hypertrophy. You're, and you're generally not getting the good workout that you'd wanted to. And so Bodcast would be a podcast platform. It's almost exactly what it sounds like. It's a podcast platform for the body. So it would be something like a Spotify or an Apple podcast or any other podcast platform in the world specifically for different listen along exercise routines that would range from very quick seven minute speed workouts when you're in the rush to get something all the way through 90 minute, two hour type routines and everything in between, everything from high intensity interval training to weightlifting. And then you would have different people build followings and subscriber bases, just like you would any other platform. And the core premise is exercise routines that you can listen to versus have to actually watch. And then that way you can do it hands-free with your headphones and you can fast forward, rewind much more simply. I love the idea. This is something that I personally would use. And I think it's a very timely idea, of course, with everyone being at home. There's an explosion in home-based workout systems, not just Peloton, but other things like that. And I, I think about an app like Peloton in the, in the bike. And uh, part of the appeal for that is you don't have to decide what to do when, how hard to pedal or where you're going. You're just following along. And that's effort. You're not expending toward that decision and you get to focus on uh, getting the most out of your muscles. So I think that's a, a great uh, tool, something like that in podcast could fill a gap there. I'm going to play bad cop a little bit this episode and just, I don't know, come on. I need to see what I'm doing. Like what, what's the, I, I'm just listening and how is that going to work? Isn't that just going to totally flop? <laughs> so have you ever done, isn't that just going to totally flop? That's like a Mr. Wonderful question. <laughs> so it's an, it's, an, it's an indefensible question. Isn't it going to totally flop? No, it's not going to flop. Why are you talking? About? <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, uh, have you ever done like a core power yoga class or a, um, a hot yoga class or something like that? Sure. So what I love about yoga and about the yoga instructors is that because everybody's eyes are generally speaking down on their mats or in front of them and, you know, or even looking up or to the side, a lot of times the instructor is not doing the move that they're describing. And instead they're walking you through the flow and the language that they use is actually, this is what gave me the initial idea. The language that they use is so hyper-specific yet concise in terms of guiding you through the second by second motion. For example, downward dog, extend your right leg upward towards the sky, point your, you know, point your toes back towards your bodies, stretch your heel to the back wall. And, and then they know where your body's going. So they know your right leg is going to be up and then your body's going to actually tilt. And then the reminder comes in, make sure you tilt your right pelvis back down towards the floor to even out. And there's like an anticipatory way to structure the the language used in the listen along type instructions that I think has actually never really been applied but the but I think that there hasn't been a lot of focus given on it because YouTubers and other people always have the crutch of the visual and of the visualization but you can think about it you know if I were if I were describing an, in, an incline press I would want to tell you to bring your elbows pointed down slightly to follow the movement of the muscles from the bottom of your shoulder through the middle of your chest. And you'd have to, it, it would have to be a really, I think it'd be a really talented thing to be able to guide people through these. 
but I think it would be a lot better to listen to a workout than to have to watch it and constantly watch it. And then also, I do think... I've got to be honest here, too, as playing bad cop, I'm like the evangelical preacher having a homosexual affair. But because uh, this morning, I... Uh, <laughs> what? Just this morning. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> I want to say I want to see where I want to see where this analogy is going. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that in saying that I think it's a bad idea. Just this morning I did my yoga routine where I pull up a YouTube video and I listen to it and I don't watch it. And I do that pretty much every right. morning. I'll say that I think there's a there's definitely a, a big place for this kind of thing and I think what you point out which is really interesting is that what's in existence right now is not specifically geared towards the audio format. And so it's just kind of a like a not perfect adaptation. But if you know that this is for someone that's listening to it, you can adapt it so that you describe things in a little bit more detail than you would if it was just visual, like, hey, do this like this. Oh, you feel your muscles do this as you move your arms this way. I also think what's interesting about this is that, no, no, let me continue. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to call you out for being I'm, a bad I'm, bad guy. I'm, I'm, no, I'm listening and you're, but you're nailing it. And it actually, it opens up a new format that allows people to create workout plans that are more audio based and visual based. And I think that's a really interesting concept in terms of what it looks like versus maybe the lazier get perpendicular and look at what I'm doing type of uh, Colin, you're totally welcome to play bad cop at any point during that the episode as well. Like, <laughs> on your own idea. Fully free, free. <laughs> and we'll try to defend it. But I, I would say what's interesting about this, I always hear my mom talk about, I mean, she grew up when there was just radio and how when TV came along, she used to listen to these shows and she could use her imagination. And there was this wonderful world of radio, just let's say, and then TV ruined some things. And I think what's really interesting about the modern climate, which, which people can take for any type of business ideas that relate to it is as we're getting back to podcasts, people are going back into what are the advantages of having something that's just an audio. And in this case, it might not be it's imagine your imagination. You want to get things correct, but there's these other features that, you know, you can do things while you're listening. You don't have to sit with your eyes glued to something. Theater of the mind. Yeah. And I think also if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest, I think that a lot of fitness influencers are just hot people. Um, and so I think that a lot of the, sorry, sorry to all the people watching this that are <laughs> promoting their pre-workout for a 20% off coupon on their Instagram today. I think that a lot of fitness influencers just happen to be very attractive people. I don't know why, but maybe it's because Instagram's a visual medium and people follow people who are hot. A platform like this could be also very beneficial for people who are maybe not extroverted, look at me type of person on these more visual social media platforms, but people who are very well studied and who have PhDs and, and who are physiologists and who people who can craft lesson plans that are specific goals for different people and not have to worry about the visual presentation of it and what goes into that sort of thing. So I also think one of the strengths of the idea is when you open up a new demand and a new supply, that's when you get a good platform uh, mojo going where you get, you create a new space for creators that haven't had that space before or that safe space before to create. That sounds like a nugget for us to put in our show notes there. We got the idea. We got the problem. Let's talk about the business model a little bit here. How do you mm. see that working? So one thing I can promise your audience and people know this about me is I'm a business model first guy. So I don't think about, I don't, if an idea doesn't have a very clear firm business model, I think it's a bad idea. So 
this is probably where I think that it's, it's both a strength and a weakness of the idea in the sense that the initial thing that comes to me are advertising and sponsors as well as subscribers. There are people who have their own apps and programs. Like I, there's a guy that I follow named Jeff Cavalier, who's part of a, a group called Athlete X. Um, his company, he's a wonderful personal trainer and physical therapist. And he gives me a lot of my ideas for when I want to work out and find new exercise ideas. And he's got this program on his website where, you know, you pay X hundred dollars for a 10 week program, and then they'll guide you through it step by step. That's a very straightforward business model. That's tried and true. And I think that those type of subscription points could be good. And then I think that it's also a weakness of the business model. And that's maybe where the sponsorships and the paid promotion can come into play. Because I think that a lot of people, for the most part, are conditioned to get a lot of this content for free. And so I also think that, that you do need probably a, a sponsor type of business model. And again, the platform itself here is not a very expensive concept. So like when you think about a business model, you think about cost and revenue. And in terms of fixed costs, you'll have your software team, you'll have some server, server space you need to play. There's a, there's a lot that would go into building something that can host this type of this type of streaming content but at the same time the marginal cost of delivering this sort of thing is fairly low so your margin on any revenue associated with this platform is going to be through the roof and you can create a platform i think that will allow people to charge for sponsorships for sponsored products for product placement for subscribers and then capture a percentage of all of those sales that go through your platform similar to like the way that Apple charges 30% for sales of their, of that go through apps on their platform. That would be the business model of the company itself. I see something interesting as you were saying of the idea of specialized subscriptions. So just like you might be focusing on the visuals and the auditory is secondary, you could, if this is the different approach, the audit, auditory is primary, but it doesn't mean there can't be a visual. So you can say, as you're listening to this, if you want more detail, if you want to watch me do this, exactly. if you want to watch yeah. someone who knows what they're doing, do this, then subscribe and you can have access to all of the videos associated with this. And that way you get the people who are really cost conscious and they think they're so smart. They're just like, I'm not, I don't need those videos. I'm just going to do the audio. Those people are fine. They can continue to do that. And then there's going to be the people that say, hey, I want the premium. I really want to know what I'm doing. I want the form exactly. And then I just use this as a way to perform the exercise. I can attest that works because there's an app by Jeff Kevlier and it's called Six Pack Promise. And I did it at the beginning of quarantine and it's an eight week program. First week's free. And then if you want to go the next seven weeks and it obviously gets progressively harder and the exercises change every single day then you have to pay a small fee for it to unlock it. But I know that that business model works really well because I've, it's worked on me and you'd be, you're hard pressed to get five bucks out of me, you know, any, anywhere when it comes to some of these apps. So, but the business itself is the platform, right? And then the, and then this is what I love about a, a platform play is that you're inviting in the creators to come in and fill the gaps with their business models and basically make money the way that they want to make money. And you can help them get started by building them the tools for easy sponsorships, for subscription payment processing, for all these things that we're talking about on the platform. And then you can let the, the content creator choose how they want to monetize their content, if at all. Some people may not want to monetize it at all and just build, they because they, maybe they have a personal brand that they're building. But I think that that, I think it's got really good legs, uh, no pun intended with you know, the bodybuilding 
there's an interesting precedent for this. Now that I think of it, I just, I ran a marathon last year and if Nike has some apps that help you train for a marathon and they do this kind of stuff. And even they had like Kevin Hart come in. Hey, this is Kevin Hart. I just want to give you a tip, like really go for it today. And then they have like a pace going and they've got some, you, know, some, you can put your own music in, but then right. somebody comes in and they give you a little bit of cheer or something like that. So that might be a nice action step for listeners to go check out Nike Run Club app and see some of those auditory experiences that they've created, created for people. And of course, I'm sure that they haven't thought of, you know, podcasts, just wanted to create some running experiences. Yeah. And from a competitive landscape perspective, I think a lot of people would say like YouTube, you can already do something akin to this. We've already talked about the weaknesses there. Why you could just do something like this on Spotify. If you wanted to do, you know, workout podcasts, just put it on Spotify. The point is not that it can't be done on other platforms. It can be done on Apple's podcast platform. It can be done on a number of different platforms, podcaster, different things like that. The question is from a, and this is what I love about the idea is that it's a marketing play in the sense of you're creating this platform where people will hear about it and know that this is the platform for workout podcasts, for my daily exercise. And the beauty of it is sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I don't know if I'm going to have 30 minutes to work out that day, an hour and a half, 15 minutes or no time at all to work out. And I'm going to have to have a rest day. And so what I love about this idea as well is that you'll be, you'd be able to sort by type of exercise. You'd be able to sort by, and you know, if you don't have somebody that you already subscribed to that you love, if you're starting out and trying to find somebody new, you'd be able to sort by time of the podcast. Is it hit? Is it weightlifting? Is it hypertrophy? Is it strength training? Is it leg day? Is it chest? Is it yoga? Is it, is it biking, spinning, whatever? That's what I love about it is the customization aspect of it. And it allows a user to get what they need from it. And then if people know, okay, podcast.com is where I go for my daily workout podcast, then they won't even go on Spotify and sift through the EDM and the classic rock and the cardio playlist and the workout playlist and so on and so forth, because that's not what they're looking for. And they know that it's like finding a needle in a haystack versus just a platform of needles. I'd love to get into some quick action steps here. There's two, the first two actions, we can, we can go really quickly. I just want you to put them in order, okay? And let's just say that we're not going to use yours because I'm just curious about your opinion. You said business fundamentals are important to you, like the business model, and it comes first. But I'm curious, really what comes first, the pun, name, or the business model generally? <laughs> uh, it's usually the business model followed by a product that slots into that business model followed by a pun brand name for the product and business model. So for example, I really like the sunglasses space because it's a, the business model is great. It's a super low cost item that apparently you can charge hundreds of dollars for that you're making 95% gross margin on. You pay mostly for brand and look people don't under, people are an unsophisticated view of the marketplace. They don't understand what goes into making sunglasses. So you can use a lot of marketing language to obfuscate the value prop. And this is, I just had a low opinion of the sunglasses market. Then from there, you can make like a good differentiated product. Maybe it floats, maybe it looks cooler, maybe it's sustainable, whatever it is, have an upbeat brand built around it. What's a punny name for that? Sunglasses half full. (laughs) (laughs) After these basic steps, 
what would you do next? Like, how do you really get started with this stuff? What's the next step for you? If this is, if you want to pursue this, what's, who is the first person you talk to? Who's your first customers? Going from zero to one is both the hardest and most exciting point of any company. So first things first, period, end of story. I would write my business overview. So a two little one, two pager, points of differentiation, summary, financial model, product itself, like value proposition, and really yourself, write it out and understand what you're looking at and what you're building and why. Convince yourself as the first person you're convincing on paper. Then once you have that, build a financial model. And you'll start to hear me name things, by the way, that cost $0 to do, because this is really important that you do all the $0 things up front. Build a financial model. There's a really good one that's freely available from Startup Rocket. If you Google Startup Rocket financial model, great little starter financial model. And basically, you just you type in your inputs, at least your assumed inputs, just make good assumptions. I said my initial assumption was like, oh, so a set of bed sheets for 100 bucks and we'll make them for 40 or 50 and we'll ship them for 10 or 20. And here's the room we have for, for marketing. Can I build a business out of that? And if the broad answer is yes, the numbers work, the finances work. If you understand what the fixed cost might look like from a reasonable assumption perspective and what the variable costs look like from a reasonable assumption perspective, that's step number two is understanding if the model works. And then step three and step four are a combination of going out and validating um, that what you've done is something that has product market fit. And this is before I would seek investment. It's before I would really spend any money or any significant amounts of time doing this and validating it can be as simple as building a landing page a very simple landing page get a store on shopify or squarespace for squarespace for 50 bucks a month and then go ahead and build a landing page run a few hundred dollars of facebook ads to the landing page with a value proposition and simple photography and content outlining what you're doing and then say sign up for guaranteed access to our beta launch and then measure what your cost per lead is, how much you're paying per email, what your email capture rate is, what your open rate is on your follow-up emails to people as you welcome them into the fold. And then that's going to basically tell you like, okay, if my cost per lead is this, and I think I'll wind up converting this many leads out of 100, probably about 3%, generally speaking, can I build a business out of this? And if the answer is yes, then I would move forward further with it. And then I would start talking to angel investors or bootstrapping it yourself if you have the funds. One thing uh, just to ask you about in terms of that ad that somebody should put up on Facebook and the landing page, is that saying, this is just a podcast. It's not about the platform at this point. It's just testing the idea. If people are interested in an auditory workout experience, is that what you would test really? I, I would describe the value proposition of the platform. I would generally speaking, you want at least three value propositions. Six is nice. So you can have a little like picture on the left value prop picture on the right value prop super simple landing page right just like multiple opportunities to put in your email throughout the page and basically what you'll do is you'll just say here's a platform at podcast.com we you know we believe that the best way to do workouts is with your own personal instructor in your ear no more fumbling around youtube no more trying to find a needle in a haystack on spotify no more rewinding and losing your place in your workout and so on and so forth three hour long different daily workouts. You say sign up below for guaranteed um, access when we launch, limited spots available, create that artificial scarcity. People love artificial scarcity, but they don't know it's artificial. That's the beauty of it. 
And then you basically gather the emails and you'll be able to then send out a survey to your first 500 or 1000 emails and ask them, what do you, what would you like to see in a platform like this? What, like you ask them, then you get the, the 10 questions, like a two minute survey. Like, how do you work out? What do you do every day? What's your goal? What's your fitness goal? Who are you? What's your demographic? And then you'll even understand more about what your initial audience look, looks like and, and that sort of thing. And then you take those initial emails and then you use them to advertise to look like audiences on Facebook and you continually grow your, your subscriber base. And then if you get 10,000 emails of interested parties, that's when you go to an investor or you go to a co-founder who, you know, and say, Hey, I got 10,000 emails of interested parties for this podcast.com idea. It only cost me $5,000 to get them. Here are the numbers for what that looks like from a cost per lead perspective and a, you know, long-term business model. Here's my financial model. What do you think? Do you want to go ahead and build this together? Will you give me a hundred thousand dollars to get started and invest in this so on and so forth? And that value proposition of, I have people wanting to use this thing. Let me go build the thing for them is much better than I have an idea. Give me money for the idea. So I, I always like to go to investors with customers or, or interested signups at the very least. It's brilliant. It's super clear to the listener out there. Who's pumped about this idea, take some action, follow through, tell us what you've done. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. Somebody's going to do it. So I know something. Sorry. I mean, it's dry. I just, somebody, so I know something. Yeah. It's a good business. I'm telling you. Yeah. I can see you're pumped about it. And, and that's a fantastic opportunity for someone out there because as part of our podcast, we offer the opportunity for the listener to connect with Colin on this idea and, uh, and run with it together. He's built a huge business with sheets and giggles. He knows what he's talking about. Obviously you can head off a lot of the issues that you may run into getting this started. So follow through, tell us a little bit about sheets and giggles, Colin. Basically sheets and giggles is a sustainable bedding brand. We make sheets, comforters, duvet covers, pillowcases, blankets. Everything is made from a material that's called eucalyptus lyocell, which is a completely sustainable, considered the most sustainable material in the world. It's also highly premium. It's softer than cotton. It's more breathable, more moisture wicking, more cooling, amazing for hot sleepers. It's also amazing for people with sensitive skin or maybe nerve conditions. We have people who have fibromyalgia or uh, contact dermatitis or eczema who will email us and they'll tell us that our sheets are the only thing that help them sleep through the night, which is really incredible. I never anticipated that when I started the company. We're a funny first brand, obviously, but we do uh, a lot of good corporate social responsibility. Our sheets save up to 96% uh, the water that cotton sheets use in their production, which we estimate to be about three to five years of the average person's drinking water compared to cotton sheets every set that we sell. And it's fun to be a sustainable, premium, funny brand because it's a really hard tightrope to walk. And it's, I call us like the Seinfeld of brands. Like we're like a, a brand about nothing oftentimes. Like we've, <laughs> we've, we've written like our most popular content ever is about resumes, has nothing to do with betting. And that's what I love about it is we just kind of do, do whatever makes us happy on a day-to-day -day basis and whatever, whatever makes our community happy as well. Sounds like a, a very fun company to be a part of and, and one that's worth supporting. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate you having me. This is fun. If your audience wants any more information at Sheets Giggles anywhere, SheetsGiggles.com or Colin, on, Colin McIntosh on LinkedIn, I'm easy to find. Good chatting with you. We'll talk to you later on. And to the listener, we'll, we'll see you next week. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. 
They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.